Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I'm catching up with Mark Mars from Niche Website Builders again. We're going to talk about a new service that they have, which is digital PR, which I think is public relations, probably. Mm-hmm. We'll hear from Mark about that, but it's a, you know, a sort of a link building and outreach type campaign, and we're going to hear all about it and how you can do it yourself, some of the results that they've seen. And I have kind of uh, a way that I'm looking at this too. So once we describe it, I think you'll hopefully see the same, but it's kind of combining a few different ideas of outreach and link building and putting them together, which I think that's how great ideas sort of synthesize, right? You take a couple great pieces of strategies from here and from some other place, you put them together and you end up with something like way more powerful. So Mark, how's it going today? Fantastic. Thanks, Doug. Yeah, all very good. Cool. Well, let's get into it today. This is part of a double episode. So if you you missed the other one, you can check it out. And that's about a data analysis uh, that they did on 5,000 websites. And they kind of estimated what it might take to reach uh, $1,000, $5,000, and $10,000 per month in terms of uh, domain rating and the amount of content. So definitely check out that episode if you missed it. And Mark, let's just get into it. So What's the deal with the digital PR service that you guys have? Yeah, so we've um, yeah, di- digital PR really is like the ho- holy grail kind of link building. It's like the links, you know, it's about acquiring links from the world's biggest publications, like a- a- anything you can imagine. So Forbes, the BBC, MSN, that kind of thing. So, um, but for a long time, you know, you know for well. Until now, like lots of people didn't really think it was for them in terms of the niche or niche website uh, community uh, and for content publishers. And, and the reason really is why is because when we think of digital PR, we just think it has been really expensive and something the brands do. Because um, you think of digital PR, you think about it being lots and lots of creative work. It's to go to thousands of pounds of creative work, big campaigns that then, you know, maybe they work, maybe they don't. And as content publishers, we don't. We have a limited budget. We don't really like that kind of un, you know, unpredictability. Um, but, you know, being um, like such a, a great way to build links and the highest possible quality links, we really wanted to be able to bring it to content publishers, something that no other um, agency has done yet. And, and you know, we, we, we just want to be able to, to offer that to, to everybody. So we started... Um, you know, working working out how to fig, figure something out that would be a, a budget that niche website builders could up, could afford, but still acquire those 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 highest uh, quality links. Got it. And what kind of results have um, you seen during the test and and trying to figure out how to do this? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, honestly, I can't. Uh, every time I talk about it, I can't stop smiling because it's. It just blows me away that the links we can get. It kind of changes, shifts the perspective again on kind of what is news as well, because um, <clears throat> essentially what we're doing is creating the stories for journalists. So we come up with an idea, we come up with a top uh, an idea, and we'll come into how the different ways that we do that. But like, we come up with an idea and we pitch it out to loads of journalists essentially that that we think would be interested in that topic, and that might mean that 10, 15, 20 journalists or more pick it up. And run with that story, and so it, I used to be a paper boy when I was a kid, right? And um, I don't know, this is a long time ago now, right? Thirty, you know, thirty years ago, probably, maybe, <laughs> maybe right? And I used to wonder, like, how 
how is it like there's this really obscure pay story in this one newspaper, but it's, it's also in this newspaper and this newspaper. So this has been happening for a long time, way before the internet, where people were coming up with stories, sending them to journalists, and all the journalists are writing about them at the same time. It's just that we can do it in the digital world now. So, um, so essentially, in terms of the results, yeah, I mean, that's what we're getting. We're actually getting links from people like Forbes, people like the BBC, people, you know, people like Bloomberg. All, all of these things that you think almost were untouchable, almost out of reach. You know, when right. we talk about buying age domains in the past, we've talked about you know, the, the links that you can't buy, the links that are, your competitors can't get. Well, what we've discovered is actually you can get them, and it's through digital PR. Yeah, um, right. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And I've seen this um, on the other side a little bit. So I have a lot of friends in the like personal finance and financial independence space. Many of them are, you know, course creators or, you know, entrepreneurs in different industries. But many of us go to uh, a conference called FinCon and there's several others where, you know, we all hang out and we're all sort of creators. And I started noticing my friends were being featured on like CNBC, Forbes, Entrepreneur, like all these huge yeah. magazines. And they're featured multiple times, sometimes for different stuff. So when we finish this interview, I'm going to talk to one of my good friends, Rachel Richards, and she's uh, she's called Money Honey on Instagram. So she has been featured on like those places that I mentioned uh, several times. And she's like, ah, I got another mention. So, you know, a couple things happen. Number one, I think other reporters see those stories and then they could reach out to her and then cover her again. So there, you get mm -hmm. that aspect yeah, yeah. or they may just link directly. Um, the other part is, you know, Rachel has a network of her friends. So when the reporter comes back to Rachel and says, ah, you know, is there anyone else we should talk to? She may say, oh yeah, I have a friend, Cody Berman, another one of my friends who, you know, is a serial entrepreneur. He's like 25 or 20, he's like 26 maybe. And then he gets covered and then same thing happens again. So there's sort of like a little network that sort of emerges and it's like, we're all friends with each other. You know, th they're doing more interesting things and they're younger than me. So whatever I'm doing, it's not as interesting as what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not trying to get press coverage. Right. But they are, and it's like blowing up um, over and over again. So there is this little network and Rachel could probably just reach out to the reporter and say, Hey, my friend did a really cool thing you should maybe think about what they're doing. So yeah, very, very cool. And it makes yeah. total sense to me. So, okay. That's, that's what Go we ahead. found as well, actually, like is that the more that, um, that you build relationships with these journalists, the more that they, 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 they know that when we're creating these stories, they're high quality stories that they, they know they'll be interested in. They look out for your name in the inbox. They look out for your reply. And like you say, they they reply they ask they reach out to you asking for quotes asking for help because you've built that relationship and they trust you now and they know they're going to get what they want and they know they're going to get it quickly because they you know they're pressed for time all the time and um, so over time it's just getting easier and easier and easier to get these links because of the relationships that we're building. Cool. So before we get into the details, because I want you to explain like how to do this. So if someone is thinking, hey, I want to check this out. And I want to test the waters myself. We're, we're going to go through the process. But what I see here, like I mentioned, a combination of several different things. So we have 
sort of a shotgun skyscraper type campaign, right? Where you're sending out information to a bunch of different websites. But in this case, you're not sending it to various random websites that you've scraped the internet for. You're sending it to people that could actually reach a lot more folks, which are reporters, which brings yeah. me to Haro, help a reporter out where, uh, you know, Haro has reporters asking for sources, and then we try to answer and get a link that way. But you've sort of flipped <laughs> things around and you're just going directly to the reporters without them asking anything. You have uh, you know interesting content that you can share or a story pitch that will fit in uh, with their industry based on what they cover as a reporter. So you, you're combining a couple things together um, where you're just looking at the most effective pieces and how you could reach the most folks, which is like go to a reporter directly. So it's super cool. Mm -hmm. All right. So how, how does, how does this work? What do you do? Yeah. So I guess the first thing to do, I mean, I guess there's three ways that we, we go about getting uh, three strategies to, to this. So one is uh newsjacking or reactive campaigns. Um, so what we do is we'll look at, we have what we call the team has what we call a media morning. So the first thing they'll do in the morning is they'll get together, look at all of the stories that are in the news today and see how we can kind of put a spin on that story or add some data to that story, which would help, which would help us get a link for one of our clients. So this is one of the, the best one, best uh, ways to get links quickly because it's, it's topical, it's timely. And you know, the journalist is going to write about it straight away and, and, and publish it. So, um, the example I always give because it's easy to understand and straightforward is when the fuel prices went up, um, you know, you take a look at Google Trends, you can see that people are searching for electric cars way more, quite like something like 5x times what they were searching before all the fuel prices kind of went up. And and you can kind of build it, then kind of build a story around that. That's just one data point, of course, still probably newsworthy and something you can build a story around, but you can see how we can use all sorts of different data sources. So we'll use you know, government data. We'll use um, uh, like Instagram data. So like, you know, what's the, the things that are most hashtagged, you know, in, in the top 10, you know, in, in the U S people love like compete competition from state to state. So if you can show the top X number of states and they beat their neighboring state who they don't, don't like, then that kind of always kind of does well. Um, so, Newsjacking is kind of the first way. The second way is kind of what we call data campaigns, which is something we spend a little bit more time on. So we will go away, we'll come up with a story that's maybe not related to something that's topical that's in the news, but something that still is looking at data in a way that hasn't been looked at before that we'll then go and kind of take that to a journalist and, and show him, show them. And the third one is kind of expert commentary, which is more, more like the Haro thing that you were referring to, where journalists will approach us or we use a tool, something like Haro, where we just find those hyper-specific um, pitches or op opportunities. Um, the, the thing that we've we've actually stopped doing our Haro service now. So we had our Haro service, but we've actually stopped it now because now Haro just fits into this whole bigger digital PR picture. The downside to the to Haro that we discovered over time was the links were still great. Generally, although Haro is getting a bit polluted now with kind of like niche sites and stuff, we go and ruin everything, of course. Mm -hmm. But you don't, you don't, with Haro, you'd only ever get one link. So you put in the effort, um, but the, you know, obviously the journalist is requesting you and you put, you, and you, you reply. And if you're lucky, you get a link back. Well, now we're creating the stories, we're sending them out to a lot of journalists. What, you know, you can expect to get m more than one link, multiple links. Um, there was a conference in Brighton. Um, 
uh, Brighton SEO that I went to a couple of months ago, and I was talking to a digital PR person there, and she did a campaign um, in which she got 15,000 referring domains because it really blew up because it, it for her client. And she let, you know, she sent out to a lot of journalists, but once those journalists picked it up, then other journalists picked it up, and it just went like literally, literally viral. Um, so, you know, obviously we're not promising 15,000 referring domains, but, you know, it we could get 50, 60, 70 just from one piece of work, uh, potentially, all from like really high authority sites. Got it. Okay. So with each one of the, you know, you out- outline like three different scenarios. Is there one that tends to work a little better or does it depend on the industry and the reporters covering it? Yeah. So reactives. It's surely where we get kind of a lot of our links, like most of our links, I would say. Um, but that's because we just constantly, you can bang them out. And this is how we've kind of managed to keep the price down a little bit is that there's no real assets that kind of go with that. We're, we're right. We're, we're coming up with some spin on a story that's in the news, writing an email and sending it out to a lot of journalists. Um, and there might be some data associated with that. Um, quite, quite commonly there is, but, um, that's, so that's the kind of the one. But the, when you do have the data campaigns, they're the ones that are more likely to go big because they've got an asset to link to. It's probably a more in-depth piece of work. Therefore, it's going to get picked up by kind of more people. So there's, there's pluses and minuses to both. Reactive, you can be quick and fast mm-hmm. and get it, get the links quickly. Data campaigns have oh, got more opportunity to go to go really big. Um, okay. Expert commentary is, is the nice to have, really. You'll, you'll take pick them off one at a time as you get the chance to. Okay, let's focus on the the first two, um, since it's a little bit different than Haro and uh, maybe a little more specific. And when you send the email pitch, um, you know, wh- what do you put in there? Like, are you pitching a whole story? Is it just like a headline, a couple bullet points? And ke- can you give an example, like a real example from a client or an experiment that you guys were running before you rolled out this service? Yeah, so um, the... So I guess, oh, I forgot what the question was now already. <laughs> That's all right. Completely blind me. Um, so can you give, basically, I want to see like an example of like, can you give, and you could make one up. It'd be great if you can use a real one. Um, and then what do you actually put in the email? So like. Oh, that's right. How do you, how do you push yeah. this? Exactly. Yeah. So it, the, the emails, um, you know, we generally still still write five, six, seven hundred words. So, and when we, when we try and write it in the style of an article, so that it's really, really easy for the journalists to pick up because um, they're busy people. They want to be able to get stuff to to print like as quick as possible. So we, um, uh, so yeah, it's not just a, it's not just a brief a brief piece, right? Generally, we've actually kind of taken the time to write something. Sometimes it can be a lot shorter, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, but. But generally, um, it, we, we're trying to make it almost copy and pasteable, and they can just put their own spin on it or add their top and tail on it or whatever. Um, so, okay. yeah. So that's kind of uh, one example. Um, hey, can you give us a, an actual real example? Yeah. So for the newsjacking one, um, I'll give you an example. So an example is of one of those is that um, I think um, – this, this is, uh, I'm trying to think of our specific ones, but it, 
let me give you let me give you an example of um i should really come up i should i've got i should come i've got we've got a bunch of them i shouldn't really remember those now <laughs> and um but um yeah i should get we should get jake on the channel and he'll be able okay. to tell you all the ones that we've done recently i, I put you on the spot i didn't tell you i was going to ask yeah. this but i i i thought you would have one here like an example i should there. have yeah. one handy um, but yeah my brain is fried today so okay you, yeah it's like a warm-up i know you're actually doing a I'll, live stream after this so um that'll go smoother since we struggled through this. Um, well, yeah, you did give the um, example of like the EV, the electric vehicles mm-hmm. and, you know, gas prices. So. Oh, I, uh, yeah, I've got, let me give you okay. one. So there's, um, so there's, there's a, there's a guy, uh, a politician, Matt Hancock in the U in the UK. So he's, um, well, he, he, he's, uh, he's very controversial kind of politician. So we bought, he's gone into, I'm a celebrity um recently but he's he's controversial because he kind of got uh i can't think of the word but he, anyway he was he was um off with some other woman that wasn't his wife um, um okay. and, and got caught, caught in that kind of affair so and now he's kind of he's, kind of, he's also like the bad boy politician uh in the uk so he's going into to i'm i'm a celebrity and um the the piece that we did on that was it was um Based on uh, his social media following, following, how much could he expect to earn, or, or how much could he expect his following to increase as well? Whilst, whilst being in I'm a celebrity, and how much could he monetize that following um, once he leaves the jungle, essentially? So, okay. um, so that was a piece that kind of got picked up by uh, a bunch of like big, especially UK-based newspapers. Because um, 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 we had a UK kind of based site that we were working on. So you pitch the story. Where does the link go back to? Yeah, good question. So, um, so quite often people think about digital PR. It just can just goes back to the homepage. You're just referring to the company. So, you know, with all of our pitches, we say, can you please, you know, you know, this data was put together by our customer, our client. Can you please you know, give them credit for the work and they'll put it back? And you can, you know, that would be your homepage. But given that we're a niche site builders like we don't necessarily care about like the vanity numbers the number of impressions of the eyeballs that people got in front of we care more about um like traffic income keyword rankings and that kind of stuff so the way that we've pos- the, the way we position the service now is that we look at your site we do some analysis on your site and kind of work out where the biggest opportunities are so what topics could would really benefit from an, an influx of high authority links to improve the rankings. Whereas the opportunity in terms of you know, what topics do we think can generate more traffic than they're generating today. So we, we tend to run these uh, digital PR um, services as, as a campaign, as a three month campaign. So you run it for three months and we'll just target one topic silo in that time in, in the effort to increase and boost ranking. So then we're actually kind of linking kind of to inner pages as well. And we'll write potentially an article as we have, you know, we'll get people to link to like expert pieces that are on our, on our client site that, that, that the journalists can link to essentially. Okay. Or if it's the data project. Yeah. And then do you, do you sort of embed it in the, in the copy that you send over or do you say, Hey, um, the client did this stuff. We want the link to go here. Like, how do you ensure the link goes to where you intend? We just ask straight out for it to for it to go there. I mean, sometimes they sometimes they won't link at all. Sometimes they'll uh, link to that just the homepage. We can try and get those things. We try and get those things changed. But generally, if we ask for it, 
um, and we've, we've we've fed the journalists a good story. They're quite happy to to give credit for that. Okay, and then any issues, and it makes sense, right? Like you you've done the work for them, and they'll spice it up or whatever they need to do. Um, so they would like want to reciprocate and you know give you the link where you're asking. And have you run into any issues, right? Like trying to get a link to a money page, right? Are they going to like? It may not be directly related to the story, or do you try to make it directly related to the story? Yes, yeah, so it's directly related to the story um, for sure. But then, um, but then you, you know, we use internal linking to power up that kind of entire silo um, of of work. So, um, you know, we'll we'll get the link juice passed through kind of that way in a similar way to like what you would with shotgun the skyscraper okay. piece. So you do yeah. the best you can. You make it related so the reporter doesn't think. Oh, they're just trying to get a link. I mean, they know you're just trying to get a link probably, but they they can put the link in there knowing that it actually adds a good reference and resource to the story. They definitely know. Like, it's your, you scratch your back and you scratch out type type ex- mm-hmm. exercise now. But they know if, you, if, if, they're fe- if you're feeding them good stories, they're happy. They're happy. So. Okay. And how do you... How do you determine uh, that this? We're going to move on to the second type, right? So the data uh, stuff that you're going to put together, right? So you put together a piece. Maybe you do a little bit more research. How do you determine like what to focus on? Since conceivably it may take a little while to write the piece, gather the data. So there's a lot more upfront work. So how do you figure yeah. out what to target? Yeah. So um, it's. It's, it, it really is like a, a brainstorming session amongst the team. So the team will get together and they'll come up with ideas for stories or ideas for places to research um, for that specific customer to come up with kind of ideas. So it's really, it really is like an ide- ideation exercise where everyone kind of chips in and then someone goes away and, and tries to, to do a little bit more research into those. Okay. And I suspect you would, you know, look at stories that have already been covered in the past and maybe try to combine a couple ideas or, you know, tie it to some other piece. So there's like unique information, like a new spin on an old story, right? Something like that. Oh yeah, for, for sure. I mean, that's, that, that all comes into the, the research. So like what has, what kind of stories have taken off well within that, within that niche before, um, what 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 do they what are the journalists like writing about within that with that in that niche? So yeah, for sure, that's that's all part okay. of the of the research. All right, so you guys tested this for a little while before you rolled it out. What mistakes did you guys make that you needed to change after you you tried to do this? Any anything ring a bell? Anything that people you know that you learned along the way? Not so. So what I'll say is that we didn't do it for ourselves, right? So Adam and I have never done digital PR. We didn't try to pretend to do digital PR. We didn't, you know, we, we, we understand the concept of it and we did more digging to understand like how could we make this into a service? That, how can we get these links? We want these links. Like, and, and this is all a, a, comes around to all the Google updates that we've been getting late, lately, you know, and, and a lot of content sites have been hit like over that time. Obviously, it's a zero something, so some gain, some hit. But you know, how can we gain more trust in the eyes of Google to give to, to avoid that kind of getting hit by Google, but also to elevate us amongst our competitors? So that actually, it's really hard for them to tomb raid us or to overtake us because we've got these really high quality links. So um, 
we brought in two guys, uh, Jake and Jack, um, and they've been between them. They've been doing digital PR for 11 years. Um, so they've got all of the experience. They've literally been working on the ground doing this. Um, Jack, Jake for seven. And then that was, as that if Jack for black Jack's been doing four and it was 11 combined and Jake, Jake okay. was seven. So, and they, and they've been working as a team for a long period of time. So they've already made all the mistakes. They already know how to do it. We just brought them in to kind of help them help us get it off the ground and deliver it. Got it. Got it. So you guys didn't make any mistakes because you just hired people that knew how to do it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think what's a bit different is our pricing structure because, um, you know, we've priced it at a level that, that works for niche site owners and we guarantee guarantee a certain number of links, although that's really pessimistic. Um, because like I said before, you know, we know that we can easily achieve the number of links we guarantee basically. Um, and then it's, it should be more on top of that for every campaign. Okay. And it, you know, one thing that we haven't talked about yet, which we'll, we'll kind of, we'll talk about it, but I think I know the answer. So one thing is like, you <laughs> need to have a, uh, a network, people that work in in the industry or at the places you want to get the links. Yeah. Uh, Jake and Jack, uh, they already had contacts because they've been doing this for a while, right? Yeah. So, you know, that introduces a problem, right? So if someone wants to do this on their own, they have to figure out how to, you know, build a relationship, find the reporters that cover it, which is not impossible, right? Like you can go to Twitter and like, you know, build a relationship with someone and, you know, it could be a long-term thing, but, you know, technically you can do it. So, so that's the question. Like, uh, did, did <laughs> how, Jake and Jack already not. have their contacts? Yeah. They do. Um, they do for sure. Um, but also, um, we, we buy a, a media database. It's, this is one thing that's very prohibitive. And another reason why niche site owners don't do it because it costs thousands of dollars to to get access to one of these databases they're called like muckrack or scission um or rocks hill so these are these are all very expensive databases um so that's how we kind of find it if you want to do it manually you can you can go to um a um you can go to a, a newspaper a publication that you, you want to get in and see who the writers are for that you can then kind of hit them up on social media or, or connect with them on social media there's a hashtag called journal requests as well which is a bit like a haro where people will put out a journal re a request for an expert in a certain area. So if you use tools, something like uh, TweetDeck or Hootsuite, something like that, you can set up a set up a stream. I think it's called for uh, searching on that hashtag journal requests, but then also adding some keywords. So if you're in the gardening, you can do journal requests and gardening journal requests. I don't know. And flowers and planting or whatever else is in the niche so that you only you otherwise you've just searched on journal requests you'll see thousands every day so you just want to narrow it down for your niche you can kind of do that kind of thing so you can build your list just manual uh, at that point if you don't have access to a database got it okay cool any other details about the service or the process that people should think about no, i guess the only thing is like it's timely um um so you know uh, it's timely, time-consuming, and, and about building relationships. But the timely thing really matters, especially for the reactive campaigns. Those are, those are things you've got to be there. You've got to be jumping on it. If if you're reacting to a story that was two or three days ago, you're probably too late. So I think that was kind of something that's that's important. Gotcha. All right, very cool. And you know, people could check out the service or some details uh, that you can you know people can investigate a little further to 
understand how it works. And you mentioned usually you try to do like a three month um, commitment, but it's paid monthly. Is that the deal? That's right. Yeah. Okay. And it could go on longer, right? But three months is, is kind of the minimum. That's right. Yeah. So you, and you get, um, based on our Black Friday offers that we've got at the moment, you kind of, um, if you kind of invest, commit upfront to one, so we, we try to, to, to call, describe it by campaigns. So do you want to buy one campaign, two campaigns, three campaigns? And that effectively is like three, six or nine months essentially. But yeah. Um, as I said, we work, at, we work at powering up different silos of the site. So if you've got multiple silos that you all want to, to, for us to do, then, then you might want to run multiple campaigns to, uh, improve the the rankings all of those and improve the overall authority of the site right perfect awesome well um people can you know follow the link in the description uh in the show notes to head over and this is coming out on thanksgiving so there will be black friday deals how long do the deals run through here they run through to the end of cyber monday week so that friday okay so, so the next like third of december something like that Okay, cool. So you can follow the link and uh, head over to Niche Website Builders. And I'm an affiliate, so I get a commission uh, if you sign up, which I appreciate. And then if, if you're listening to this in the future, you still can get a discount via my affiliate link and discount code. So you know you could follow the same link and get over there and you'll be good to go. Um, Mark, anything else before we wrap it up? No, all good. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, all right. thanks for having me. Awesome, man. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, Doug. Thank you so much for listening to The Doug Show. I really do appreciate it. I mean, I'm just sitting here on my computer recording stuff, and uh, you're listening to it, and I think that's awesome. If you enjoy the show and you know someone who maybe would be interested in it, please let them know. I think it would be fantastic if you help spread the word. If you are not signed up for the Niche Site Project email list, well, you're in luck. All you have to do is go to nichesiteproject.com, click the green button, enter your name and email address, and I'll send you a bunch of cool stuff about affiliate marketing, productivity, including all my templates. If you happen to not be subscribed to this podcast, please do subscribe and don't forget I welcome your questions. So you could send uh, your emails to feedback at doug.show. I got that really cool domain, doug.show, that's it. So feedback at doug.show. Or I'm going to leave my voicemail number in the show notes. So all you have to do is give me a buzz, leave a voicemail, and then I'll potentially put you on the air. So looking forward to it, and we'll catch you next time.